All right, so welcome to Mass Monsters episode nine. Today we have two very special guests with us. Special <laughs> 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 uh, in more ways than one. We got uh, Nevin and Jordan. You guys want to introduce yourselves? You go first. Well, Dan just did. I'm Jordan. <laughs> and I'm Nevin. <laughs> Yeah, so welcome to the show, guys. Um, Brett, how you feeling? Yeah, I'm good. Long day, but we're here in the in this podcast studio. The lights, Southern colors. Oh, absolutely! Hell yeah! Yeah. yeah. All right, so let's get into it. But today we got the uh, we got the rain uh, blender bottle. So Jordan, why don't you talk to us a little bit about how you uh, got that rain sponsorship? Just came came to me and they asked if I wanted to do it. No, I'm kidding. Obviously. <laughs> Dan helped me out, set me up with his guy, and got it rolling. Yeah, so basically I had that sponsorship like when I was in college, and then when I was about to graduate, I was like, they're like, do you have anybody that you know that can take this over since you're graduating? And I was like, yeah, sure. And then you actually got the rain one, which was better than what I was doing. I had monster. A monster. Yeah. Did you, guys, did you show them the picture of the dude that pulled up in the monster, like the actual monster truck? That yeah, was, they pulled up to yours, right? Up, yeah. Is that they like, have a, is it the same dude that just pulls up? Might be the same dude. So they have the lifted truck. Now they have a the Jeep truck. The Druck. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. It's called a Druck. Yeah, it's a Jeep truck. I've never heard it called the Druck yeah. before. It is crazy when they pull up. Like, I'm just like, I like, would walk out into the streets like New Haven. And it's just like, <laughs> 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 monster truck. Taking, yeah. taking like 14 cases off the bed and they're like loading it in. And then like, just blocking the street. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even want the uh, the monster sponsorship. <laughs> anyways, I mean, no, I was good. It was good. It was good for. Yeah, right. That'd be pretty cool. Because Jordan, yeah, you know, there's plenty of opportunities out there. Obviously, when Jordan was playing football and stuff, it was hard for him to have a, a real job. I was like, Nevin can go get his own job. Yeah, Nevin's <laughs> not getting paid for anything right now. <laughs> Get your own money up, not your phone. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Do you get the specialty reins at all, or is it just all the normal generic ones that you can get? No, so they send they send the specialty ones, not every time, but like they'll switch it up. I got the new, it's like the Inferno rain. Oh, yeah. It's supposed to make you like sweat more when you work oh, out or something. Oh, that's those ones? Yeah. I didn't realize so It's that. like a white can with a, it's like a reddish pink logo, I think. So I, get, I got those this time. I got, they have the rain waters now. That they usually give to like artists before like a show and stuff, but they just released it to everyone. So it's like comes in a box, and there's one regular water. It's supposed to have like some mineral in there or something, and then there's a sparkling water. So well, I didn't even know that those existed. Yeah, I think the, I guess they're brand new, but who knows? Have you tried them yet? I tried the no, I tried them both. It's literally just water, <laughs> water, and then sparkling water. Is that yeah. water? No. What? This is like. It's like water, yeah. That's crazy. Have you ever had Propel? Like, huh? Have you ever had Propel? Yeah, I had Propel. Is it like Propel or is it literally no, just water? No, it's just water. It's like, you know how liquid <laughs> death is just water, but they have that, you could taste the difference. I've never had liquid death. you never had liquid death? Uh-huh. You never, nah, I refuse to buy it. it. It's the, the one that looks like a beer, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like $4 a can. So it's I'm, like not, that, I'm not buying that. Yeah. It's like Fiji. Fiji. But I don't it's buy that either. It tastes like Fiji water. That's what it tastes like. Is Rain an NIL deal? <laughs> For everyone that keeps asking this, no, it is not an NIL. I did. I almost had to fight my the equipment dude because every time a shipment comes in, like a, like they send all the gear and stuff, he comes in, like pulls me aside, and he goes, 
is that an NIL? I'm like, dude, fuck off. No. <laughs> Every time. It's like four times now. I just want, I, I was seeing how long it would take to drop an F-bomb, and we lasted four minutes. <laughs> Let's go. Oh, go. Usually. That's pretty good. <laughs> Usually it's like 11 seconds. So. Yeah, I was, I was impressed. It was, it was a little bit refreshing. What's, what's the show for um, on ESPN? That, um, what's that guy's name? They have the F-bomb counter. They see how many days they can last. I've never seen that. Oh, without having to cut out an F-bomb like, on air? Yeah, because Aaron Rodgers just dropped one on because he does the Zoom calls. Uh, That's funny. Man, I can't, I can't remember that one. I have no idea. Yeah, just watch the Netflix and Hulu. <laughs> and Crunchyroll. I love Crunchyroll. Yeah. Crunchyroll. You guys big anime guys? A little bit. Yeah, yeah. a little bit. Kind of watch everything. Yeah. If you watch one thing, it's boring. Yeah, you got to watch all the genres. Yeah. I don't watch TV. Shut up. I know you do. Dude, I watch TV like once a month. Are you kidding me? I swear to God. He so gets up at... lied on the air. He gets... No, no, no. You didn't watch TV and then you just said you did. He gets up at 3.30 every morning. Yeah. All right? Working 3.30 to 9. Then he's working out. Then he works 17 more hours. Sleeps for 20 minutes and then... You're missing up again. all of his meals in between. Oh, shit. So for his breakfast, he has 18 eggs, <laughs> one piece of bacon... And then an orange rainstorm because it tastes like orange juice. Got to keep the fat low, so yeah. not a lot of whole, a lot of bacon. Carbs yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, and then, before his workout, he eats nine people. peanut butter jelly sandwiches. Yeah, you do have a weird amount of stashed peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> I feel like you, so he pulls one out after like ten minutes. Tuesdays and Fridays, he'll pull out like multiple yeah, like aluminum foil containers. Bro. With peanut butter jellies in them. It's because it's a quick source of calories. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta like get them in, in between like the throat. They're like stashed in every pocket you have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just pulling one out. He, that one day you had to have like, what, eight? <laughs> <laughs> it was six halves of the sandwiches. But God <laughs> damn! <laughs> what the hell? It was All six right. half loaves yeah. of uh, really peanut butter jellies. I started tracking my calories last week, so. How's it going? <laughs> Probably five. Pounds. But I, um, I'm not done with the PBJs. For how long? How long? For now. Until, <laughs> until, until tomorrow. Until I get my body fat down a little bit. They're not what do you have right now? Eat them. No, it's, a, what's up? I was, I was just saying, bad. what do you have right like now? I like 15% last week. It was pretty bad. This is the worst one I've ever had. So, it's because fat. I, it's, <laughs> fat day. No, it's, <laughs> fat day in the neck. It's because I haven't been working out my legs, so I'm losing muscle mass in my lower half, so that's why... Like my muscle mass ratio is down. You skipping leg day. You skipping leg, leg day, damn. I'm doing like fast. He's gonna walk around like you, I'm freshman year. I've been doing like power cleans and fast twitch stuff, speed, um, speed split squats with the yoga mm. bar, like all functional stuff, and then ISOs. So it's like I'm not getting really any hypertrophy right now. Mm. But I'm I'm training for throwing. Then after November, I'm gonna I'm gonna get back on it. I mean, you should just load up 500 on a barbell and just try and squat Let's it. See what yeah. Let's see what happens. Squat it, bench it, deadlift. Just all eccentric on the squat. Just go straight down. Yeah, don't even go back. <laughs> <laughs> just sit at the bottom. Yeah, just overload. It's good mobility. <laughs> um, all right. So speaking of squat, how's your squat been? Good. Been going well, Dan. Yeah. What do you? You hit four hundred five for the first time, right? Yeah. That was what? Two months ago? Not even. Month and a half. Yeah. Yeah. For so I know that your, um, you know, your squat is in comparison to your bench press is, is lagging behind. But what's the origin story of why your squat is not great? Like, you want to get into that a little bit before your time at Southern? 
starting back to like you know sophomore year of high school uh, yeah <laughs> so um as you know i got into a pretty bad car accident my sophomore year spring that 2018 um hit a tree broke my leg broke my femur and then the condyles underneath your knee shattered, so I had that reconstructive surgery. Um, I was pretty much told <laughs> not to. <laughs> Get out! <laughs> You're gonna have to cut that from the camera because I was but, smiling the entire time he was talking. <laughs> but um, yeah, doctors pretty much said I could never squat again, and then so I I didn't really squat. I went to a high box squat pretty much up until I got to Southern, and then I met you. You and Wallen, and you pretty much told me, you're like, you're fucking squatting. So I was like, okay. So you started me on a lower box, and then we got lower and lower. Um, lightweight, obviously. And then we built up into no box. Yeah. And then... Yeah, so that first year we were training together, we were, obviously, like, we were working on a lot of the unilateral stuff. Like, working on um, getting your hamstrings and your quads um, up to par before we really like squatted heavy. Yeah. But the reason why I did that was cause like, I was like, I see this, this young kid coming in like 18, 19 years old, like, and obviously you had a crazy imbalance, but it was like, why are we going to limit this kid and tell him that he can't squat? When like, I was like, well, can you power clean? And you're like, yeah, they said, yeah. they're like, yeah, I could power clean. I'm like, okay. Well, like they cleared you to play college football at the division two level. So like, Obviously, they cleared you to take a helmet to the knee. So I was like, why can't the kid? I was like, so hypothetically, you're telling me you're going to clear this kid to take a helmet to the knee, but not squat 135 for five, hypothetically. And I was just like, it's dumb. So we started from the ground up and built it back. And it was like, you know, obviously, there's a lot of untapped potential there with your legs are like two completely different sizes. And you just like, you know, obviously, you needed that, that power and strength. And I'm sure that helped you a lot with like football and, and track and stuff. Um, obviously like getting a better block and everything like that. So talk to me a little bit about your experience, like, um, transitioning from like college or from high school into college with me that first year. Cause that first year was COVID. So like you didn't have a football season, but you were kind of training with the football team and then practice. We didn't have official track practice yet. So talk to me about, what was going through your mind, like, your first year of college and, like, going into your first year of collegiate track? Yeah, so, um, I felt like I was preparing myself pretty well to what I thought was going to be, like, expected, and, um, I obviously trained with my brother, uh, grew up with him, obviously, my idol, so we kind of dogged it out that whole summer, trying to build everything up, got all my weights higher, um, just worked harder overall, and then got to school with COVID and um, everything was different. Uh, football practices, the lifts weren't lifts. We were lifting in pods, um, not even really lifting. We'd go outside and do like agility workouts. We'd have like med balls. We'd do med balls, band stuff, sprinting. So that kind of, that made me a step behind because we weren't lifting. We weren't getting stronger. We weren't getting better. It was terrible. And then from that straight into track workouts when we were at Powerhouse was a total jump. So pretty much I had to re-backtrack of all the stuff I built that summer in pre- preparation. And it was hard, definitely. But, like, I think mentally I was, I was ready for it. But um, 
maybe not ready for our eight-hour sessions at Powerhouse Gym. <laughs> that was pretty ass, but, like, we were there Damn from, near. like, <clears throat> Damn near. 12 to, like, closing for the first, like, four months. That was the craziest yeah. experience of my life. But exciting fun. stuff. It was a good time. It was a good time. took, like, those edited photos? I did, but like the lighting photos. Yeah, like powerhouse. Yeah. Yeah. I had them. They, yeah. They yeah. There. So that was just the photo shoot that you did, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no invite? <laughs> we didn't even want to be there. Yo, coaches get the photo shoot. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, we had to leave there pretty fast because I broke that bar. <laughs> we had to wrap it up. I was, no, it was we were, we, Yeah, we were so box, we were doing box squat. This little, he had me on this little bench, dude. Like, dude, maybe like... functional equipment. Well, it, was it was literally, it was a small seat. Yeah. It was probably and eight by eight. So I was, we were box squatting and I failed. And I was like, oh, shit. I, I'm going to have to bail because I couldn't get up. So I bailed, and I didn't throw it back far enough. That sounded crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that sounded crazy. But I didn't push the bar back far enough, and it comes down right on the bench, and it just bends in half. So and we were just like, ah, oh, So we just we pull all the it. weight off, and we went over to the, uh, the deadlift the racks. Yeah, so stuffed it in the corner. Then um, as we're doing other stuff, this, this guy doesn't work at the gym or anything, just yeah. goes... Um, he went, grabbed the barbell, put it on a rack, came over to us and asks me, do you know if this bar is supposed to be bent? I was like, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I was like, oh, I think that's one of those different bars. Like, yeah. yeah, that's like, it's like that conjugate thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like the bamboo bar. It's supposed to be curved. Yeah, you're fine. That's how it came. This <laughs> uh, way too curved for that. Uh, yeah, but good times. It was fun stuff. Made memories. Yeah. For sure. Was, Freshman year training was... What was the weight? That I failed? He broke the bar on. 315, 365, yeah, something like that. a over 315 in, in the 300s. Mm-hmm. But it was like, we we're doing... What were we doing, for eights or something? I don't even think it was that. squat, probably like... I think it was such a threes. Three to five. I think it was, yeah. high, it was higher than three. I know that. Maybe five. But it was just like that last rep I just got stuck. And I don't know where you guys were. I was right behind you. I was spotting you, but you dumped it like right away. You dumped it right away. Dude, I mean, that was like at the point too where like, that was probably like February. We were all like on our own like programs at the time. Because it was like, Nevin's back was bothering him. Your knee wasn't up to par yet. And then I was doing my own thing. Nevin's back. Oh my God. I didn't hear that for a a year. (laughs) You still hear you hear it lingering in still now, but oh my god, dude! Jesus, everything, dude. We'd be benching, and he's like, "Oh my back, oh my back, I can't do it." It's like, dude, what? I hated you. I know. Listen, I can't. Yes, you have. You have. You did tell me. I can't even blame you for that either. Being at Con, and there was like a Saturday practice, and me and Jordan went to eat the dining hall after. Was he with his ex girlfriend? Is that why? It was just the two of us, and you're like, bro. Nevin, man, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah, we didn't... It's not like we didn't start off, it was just what you were doing at the time yeah. just was getting under my skin. Well, I had no anything coming yeah, in. Yeah, you, you know, were, it's like you I had, were... Yeah. I had, like, no training background. I didn't, like, do anything. Like, no weightlifting, no athleticism, no nothing, right? It was just like... I was building from zero. Yeah. So talk, talk a little bit more about that, like, your experience coming into training with me because while Jordan was doing the football stuff, you were with me at Powerhouse um, that fu- that first semester of your freshman year in the fall. Um, so you were really like my true 
first guinea pig before Jordan came around. Oh, I, I remember. We were so, doing so a lot of weird stuff. About, a little bit about that. <laughs> um, talk to me a little bit about that and, like, your mindset <laughs> and some of, like, the injuries that you kind of went through and, like, the mindset shift. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, that was probably the biggest culture shock I had, like, of all of college, you know. I mean, I went from not doing anything to getting in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I can't. Okay, keep going, keep going. Uh, first two weeks, I mean, I was training completely on my own. You know, I was going to the student center gym, and I was up at the Jav runway throwing by myself literally every day because that's what we did in high school. That's not nice. <laughs> um, until one day, you were up there um, at the same time that I was. You were like, all right, you're going to train with me. You know, it's like, I'm going to take you in. I'm going to, like, write all your programming. You're going to throw with me, and then we're going to figure it all out. Um, so, I mean, we were at the gym, like, three hours a day. Then we went to the track for, like, another three hours a day, running, sprinting, doing jumps, plyos, everything that we could, like, possibly do, we did. You know, so, I mean, I'd never experienced any of that before, and it really jump-started, I think, where I am now. Yeah, like, that's, like, that, that before and after that you see. Yeah, with. I was about to say, your transformation was one of the most impressive that I've just seen from Thanks, like, man. I got you. So, <laughs> like, like how pic- yeah, Dan has the pictures on the wall of all of his nutrition clients and me, but um, like the before and after, like, mul- like multiple people have come up and he's like, that guy's not natural. Like, like, <laughs> yeah, like that guy's juicing for sure. Well, it's actually pretty cool. I've had like a lot of people at my home gym as well. It was like after each year, like summer to summer, everyone like walks up to me and are like, you hop on something like during the year or whatever. I've actually had like seven people come up to that me. That never happened. One hundred percent. I have DMs from people asking. What's the weight difference between the you know the before and after picture? Wait, like, come in one seventy. I came in like one seventy. I think it was. You looked lighter. I think right? I was just under. Yeah, you. Had um, so I was think I was probably one sixty five to one seventy. Um, to that picture, I think it was maybe twenty five, twenty six pounds. Yeah. Um, so freshman year I was like one seventy. By the end of freshman year, I was. Probably, I think it was already almost 190. I put on a lot of weight freshman year, and then sophomore year I kind of stayed leveled out. I ended the year at I think 196 or 197. But um, I mean, my body transformation, even in that like seven pound range, just like completely like changed. Like I slimmed off fat, put on more muscle, got stronger. You know, so it's like even though I didn't have like a huge weight difference, I definitely like transformed a lot too. Yeah. What about, like, just from a mental aspect of how it went from javelin? Do you feel like it went hand-in-hand? Hand? Like, as you were throwing, you felt more confident in your ability to produce more force or just run a seven-step or a full approach? Like, just going into it, you feel better, obviously? Or? Yeah, yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, it's like freshman year, like I said, I really didn't have, like, anything going for me. You know, it's like I wasn't an athlete. I wasn't strong. I didn't have a whole lot of, like, capabilities. You know, working with Dan and really kind of drilling everything. Jordan, too. You know, Jordan pushes me in more ways than one. <laughs> oh, I knew it when I said it. <laughs> well, yeah, when you went through that, you gained 26, 27 pounds, like all muscle that looked like pretty much, and just getting stronger and getting faster. How did it approach javelin in that sense of your mentality going into practice and going and doing that routine with Dan and how it all like kind of shifted, as you said, from starting from zero to where you're at now yeah i mean um probably the weight room is really where my big mental shift started to happen because i didn't have any experience there you know it's like i came in i tried to use the pad our first time squatting 
That was crazy. Yeah. So, <laughs> it, was, it, was a, it was a real, real, like, soft, like, cushiony mindset. Because it's like I'd never been in, like, a true, like, challenging environment. You know, mm. like, in high school, it's like I swam, I did water polo. I did track, too, but it's like we didn't have, like, actual, like, intense, like, track team. We didn't have, like, real, like, coaches. We didn't weight lift, you know? So it's like once I got here, we were, like, pushing ourselves in and out of the weight room, on and off the uh, track runway. Um, it's like really helped me step forward mentally and kind of like build like true mental fortitude you know yeah something i like you two just in the past 30 minutes or 20 minutes of talking to you um we've talked about this before on the podcast but you guys just approach it seems life just isn't like this goofy like not serious vibe like obviously you're serious when you have to be but like for us like we were just like not that like every, everything was like it has to be this way, like, can't have any fun, can't laugh, can't joke around, which we now know is not, like, the right way, but, like, have you guys always been like that, where you just, like, he, sh- he, shows, me, he shows me clips of you guys, <laughs> so, like, I know, like, a little bit of what yeah. you guys do, I, like, I would never be like that, but, like, were you guys always like that throughout your college and high school, like, is that how you just approached training and your uh, sport? Yeah, so I grew up with three older brothers that are all kind of the same, so, like, for me, it just comes natural so i think for the most part kind of been like this yeah i mean growing up i was i was kind of like that you know but like once we got to college jordan especially (laughs) jordan definitely put it on me a little more yeah i was going for a bench today jordan just (laughs) <laughs> slapped me right across the face no reason there was chalk there's chalk all over his face uh, yeah uh, you know i just like i didn't expect it but i think jordan i mean he definitely helped bring it out in me but 100 percent, it got brought out in dan you know yeah yeah talk to <laughs> yeah talk out, talk a little <laughs> talk about that though because like you know when i came in um or when you came in your freshman year and i was training with you in the fall i was like drill i was still like drill sergeant dan back then and then when jordan came in it was i actually had a, t- a conversation with coach wallen about it before i started training jordan because wallen was obviously like you know this kid through jav one year his junior year of high school and through 63 like we obviously kind of we want to make sure he stays here essentially like and he's like you gotta you know the football coaches have warned us like that saying that he's got like a bad attitude and that he's like a jerk and stuff and like yeah. all this stuff. So he's like, you know, he's like, I know you get like to get intense and stuff, but you got to understand that like this kid isn't bought into javelin yet. So you can't drill him the same way. Like you. <laughs> that was crazy. <laughs> You're drilling. The <laughs> So I was like obviously super uptight and like um, very, very serious about javelin and training and like always fired up, always angry, always like super locked in. And so obviously you guys know I'm not like that as much anymore. So talk to me about your evolution and like how you guys seen me change in that way 
and like my coaching style. Yeah, I feel like we've had this talk a couple of times. When I first came in, really came in the, what was that, the winter? Like February. Yeah. Um, you were so, you were very just like straight to the point, straight face, serious. Um, and I feel like for me, I don't work best in like a constant serious drill sergeant type environment. It's kind of like you have to enjoy what you're doing and like just have fun with it. So that's how I am. And like you in the beginning were so opposite. It was always just like, I'm going to go squat. I hate my life. (laughs) And then get off next set. But like you were very strict in the beginning. And then I feel like don't laugh. I rubbed off on you every single year more and more. And by the time, like, your senior year, your senior year, um, it was like, it was like reflections of me and you and you. Like, you'd say stuff. I was like, I would, I would say that. <laughs> and it's just like, it became fun. The sport became more fun. And you, like, you could see it in everything you do. Everything just was fun. It was it was lightning. Like, you, it was just yeah, bright. Yeah, more relaxed yeah, and stuff, and like, you know? You saw it in your throws, too. Like, when you would get real angry and want to just throw real hard, you'd get stiff. You wouldn't hit your positions. Wouldn't have that same, like, fluidity in your arm. And then you got really good this year at it, at being just loose. Don't laugh. Just loose, long, and whippy. I know yeah. you want to laugh at that. Yeah. But, no, but um, I, it really is, too, because, like, like, I was telling Brett how – you know, I, I was convinced when I, when I graduated grad school, I was like, I'm going to, I'm 23 now. I'm, I've done my five years. I was thinking about proposing to Anna at the time. Like I was getting ready to buy the ring. Did you? Yes, obviously. That was, <laughs> that was a Duh. week after they dated. Duh. Oh yeah, of course. So <laughs> then. The after you didn't tell us they were dating. Yeah, I know. That was crazy. They were together for a month, right? So we were all single at the time. So we thought, right? Dan was like, yeah, we're going to go yeah, out we're together. All we're going out the weekend. You know, we're going to go pick up bitches. <laughs> <laughs> it was a literally like days after yeah. that they started dating. Yeah. It was just like. Dan lied to us for a month straight. In January, he was like, I've been seeing this girl. It's going pretty well. Dude, we're, we're like, we're wondering why Dan's not going out or like staying true to his word. And then he told us. Yeah. But now they're married, so. Yeah. Yeah. It's life, right, it life changing. Now you tell your story because you were with Dan more in the beginning. So you saw it more. Yeah. Like strict Dan. Uh, Hold on. I, I want to finish what I was saying, though. I was telling Brett because, like, how when I took that, when I was done with college, like, I took that year. Where I didn't throw until, like, this summer, right? When it was, like, I was just coaching because I thought that, like, you know, if I was going to be coaching and trying to train with you guys and trying to train my clients uh, upward and trying to, you know, run the nutrition program, I was, like, it's going to take away from work and my athletes and my clients. And I was, like, I'm not – I'm done with it because I don't want to do that. But then after doing that for a year – and coming back to it, I realized that, like, it doesn't have to be, like, 100% of the time have to train for javelin. Like, I could still do it and have fun with it and, like, not um, and not put so much of my self-worth into the sport and just, you know, put all my weight into, like, throwing 70 meters one day, like, whatever. So I think, too, like, taking that year off and, like, reflecting on what it was like to not throw and then coming back to it and having the more relaxed mindset but also, like, 
taking that year to, in a coach's mind and coach's perspective of like how to work the throw and how to train for it and still, you know, throw far and, and lift and do mobility and like all that type of stuff has just helped me a lot mentally to be able to like be more relaxed and I think be the best throws I've ever had, really. Yeah. Yeah. What I was going to say, like, <clears throat> I mean, this past year has definitely given me more like mental clarity, you know, that's like 100% you can see it in your throw because our last run practice on Tuesday, you know, it's like we're all outside. You probably had your best throws that you ever had. You were Noops. playing music, screaming, just being stupid. You know, it's like you were relaxed. And I think it's because you're not like 100% dedicated to javelin right now. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Like you get your 30% javelin and your 40% work and whatever percent goes to your wife, you know. It's like... You, 100%. <laughs> Dude, I have. <laughs> <laughs> That's a separate category, but yeah, I know what you mean. Cause it's like, it's like, it's like what go, like my energy's split up between like javelin, lifting, and then like work, yeah, you know, that it, pretty it, much it for the most part. Less, yeah. So when you actually do it, you get to just be like in the moment. Yeah, absolutely. It's probably, like I said, what helped you the most. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, my, uh, my experience with Dan freshman year, um, I honestly thought that that's just how college sports went, you know. I thought, okay, like, you get to have fun in high school, you get to college, and it's just like, this is it, this is what we're doing, no deviation, like, this is the path, right? I thought it was, like, five, six hours a day, every day. Not an NCAA violation, by the way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wasn't a coach at the time, so you were there on your own doing You were voluntarily, you were voluntarily with me. <laughs> um, but I really thought, like, it was like, okay, this is just, like, this is the standard, right? So it's like I have to work that much harder to like get to where we are, you know? And I think that that drive with, you know, having Drill Sergeant Dan helped me out in the beginning because um, I was built for nothing, you know? Like Dan helped me jumpstart everything that I am like right now, you know? Um, and then obviously when Jordan came in, he kind of like brought the fun life to it. So now we got the best of both worlds, you know, like Drill Sergeant Dan and then not drill sergeant Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, if you watch like a, what we post and stuff, you'll see like when we lift though, it is, it's intense. Like oh, no laugh. Like when we're getting real lifts, it's very serious. Like we'll come out with like bruises on our ribs. Cause like bench will slap each other. Like have bruises on our back from it's like, Squatting. yeah, like we take it real serious, but like in the moments where we could be more relaxed, we're relaxed. We have fun. Yeah. yeah. That is a, you can literally see everything yeah, uh, on my ribs today because we were doing yeah. I was doing heavy incline and you were going for a heavy triple. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I think too that like I love the idea of of staying relaxed when we throw and like having fun with it. And yeah, like you want to think about cues and stuff like that and getting the feel of it, especially in your warm up picks and like the figure eight throws and like the three steps. But then like when you're backing it up <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even laugh that I know, but I, dude, you guys got me like you guys got me like hypersensitive about it now. So then, like, you know, I think it. I like that mix too, because I think yeah. if we were joking around in the weight room and then we're taking like five minutes in between sets and stuff, I think that would get annoyed, annoying to me. But I actually know and understand the benefit of like staying relaxed during the throwing aspect of it now too, because. You know, you're talking to somebody who blew out their UCL from tensing up when they throw. And, like, same thing. Same thing with my lower back. And, like, I always was just, you know, known. I was always known for just, like, tensing up when I throw. Yeah. And, and that was just awful for me and always got hurt doing that. And so having that mix of, like, 
getting after it in the weight room and really like really lifting hard and then being super relaxed when we throw is like the perfect balance. Yeah. yeah. I was talking to you about this on the last um, episode, but everything I talked about is like just in the context of baseball, just cause that's all I played growing up. But I just noticed like the big difference between American baseball and then baseball played in uh, like Latin America, like Dominican Republic and like those, those types of players where they definitely are like just a lot more loose and relaxed. I was joking around, like, they just show up, like, five minutes before the game. Like, pants aren't even on. Jersey's not buttoned. <laughs> they got Bad Bunny blasting on the radio. And they just show up, and they dominate. And that's why they take up, I forgot the percentage, but they're almost a majority in the MLB now. It's because of just how they play and then how they just approach their life. It's not a serious thing because, like, America, we do a lot of, like, drill sergeant stuff. And baseball is like that, like, running long distance poles after practice like pitchers have to do very specific drills a certain way thousands of reps like hitting off the tee just doing that like all that stuff boring it is and especially when you have a coach just screaming at you the whole time to do that like it's not nearly as fun as just going to hit some rocks with some sticks (laughs) and just like doing the salsa in between like bat like pitches like it's just a completely different approach which i think you guys did a really good job blending the two together and hope that carries over into the baseball world because that's like a big topic now too of the javelin training trying to transition more to baseball because the way we train is really soft dude like when we're in the weight room and we see that like like you were like (laughs) explain what you did today just talk about it for a Um, second and then talk about like their percentages too like no disrespect to them it's like what they've been taught their whole lives so it's not their fault but like for the next generation that's what my whole thing is obviously about is like taking that and just changing the way baseball players train like through javelin so uh so i had a five by four 235 on incline bench today um we have a buddy on the uh, on the baseball team right so they were over there they were doing paused hand cleans so they were pausing below their knees catching pausing mm-hmm. in a squat and then standing their way up um so i just finished a set on incline and i look over and they had what was supposed to be 80% of their maxism, kind of loaded up on the bar. Um, I mean, I think if you're loading up 80% of your max, you shouldn't really be kind of like doing a whole bunch of pauses. You should be trying to like go through the movement. Um, so I feel like that should be reserved for lighter weights. But uh, so they had a 25 and a 10, so they had 115 on the bar, right? So I walk up to our uh, to our buddy. I'm like, let me get on that bar. So I just grabbed it rather than doing any cleans or anything. I went straight from my hips overhead for like nine reps, you know, and I just was throwing the weight around. But I feel like it was just like, this is supposed to be 80% of their maxes, and it's yeah. they're not really actually pushing themselves. Dan, trying to get better. Trying to like Dan showed me a video of you guys doing the arm circles with like 50 pounds on the <laughs> And I, I worked in a baseball-specific facility for six months, and they only care about baseball. They actually shit on javelin training. Right. Like a full in service was basically they're saying where like, they located in Massachusetts. Oh yeah, we went to Massachusetts. Yeah, we went to Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah, but like their whole thing was like, oh, it's just a phase; it'll die out. And I'm sitting there like, I don't think so. I was like, I think like it's pretty revolutionary, like to just make that connection because it is throwing. But I just was joking with him. I was like, if you did that in that gym, like they would kick you out immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, baseball players, like baseball coaches around the country would be like, what do you think? Stop, stop, yeah. stop, stop! Like don't, like don't do that, don't do that, bro. That's, that's how. It, that's how it's going to be like as my as like my platform continues to grow online 
baseball coaches are either going to love me or hate me. Yeah, I don't, I don't think older that, ones are going to hate you. I don't think that it's going to oh, be yeah. much of any in between at all, to be honest with you. Yeah, no one's going to be like, maybe. <laughs> they're yeah. going to be all in or all out. Yeah, you see absolutely. That in, uh, you see that in the comments a lot. You get like those old heads comment like, oh, with a 2K, you shouldn't be throwing the 2K. Yeah. Or like, yeah. biggest thing that pisses me off is in the old heads. Like, we'll do, so, like, I threw the, the easy 100-yard with the baseball, long yeah, toss, yeah. and dude's like, "Yeah, your first time I do th- that with 120." Yeah, like, I do. <laughs> dude, you're fucking 90, and you haven't touched the baseball in 50 years. Like, first yeah. off, you, you didn't. Yeah, like you played baseball. Like, if you threw a baseball five times a week, I'm pretty sure you should be able to do that. But it's like, you know, that's where I was talking to you about, like how the underweight implements are harder for us because we're so used to throwing the 2K, the yeah. 1K, the 800 gram javelin. Then we get to like a baseball or like a four or like the four fifty. It feels like we're gonna throw our arm out. Yeah, because it's just going. It's just numb. Yeah, because you just feel it running down your your ulnar nerve. Because it's just like it's so light compared to what we're used to. So like our our arm is just moving at such a faster speed that it's harder. But it's like all right, yeah, your first time throwing a baseball. Like that's the only time we did that this semester, and you hit a hundred yards. Like I'm pretty content with that. Yeah. And it looked sick, so it's it like sick. it's so easy. Got like, yeah. like seventy five thousand views, right? Yeah, like yeah, two thousand likes or something. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty good. Viral. Jordan, obviously, sophomore year was a big year for you. Um, so your your freshman year, you only improved from sixty three to sixty five. So talk a little bit about that, and then how you jumped from then sixty five freshman year to seventy two uh, sophomore year. Um. So I feel like coming in my first year of Jav, my first real year, like my junior year of high school, I kind of just picked that thing up and threw it. Like they were, that was really it to, to it. And then um, coming in, it was not what I thought it was. There's, it is such a technical sport, and I didn't know that because I was obviously young and immature. And right away, it was, it was like a slap in the face because I was always had a crazy arm. But even now, like, I'm behind in technique compared to other people. But, um, yeah, so we just, you, you did a great job, don't get me wrong. You did a, just having me go through all the technical stuff, all the approach, all the positions, and it was all thrown in on, like, a, what, two-month time. Yeah. So it was just a lot of information that most people can't process. Like, I was processing it, it just wasn't sticking. Like, I would do something right, and then everything else was wrong. Yeah. And then it was just like... That's typically how it goes. Yeah, just getting that repetitiveness down and getting the meat experience and just going through everything. <laughs> Can you fuck <laughs> off? <laughs> um, but... Meat experience got me. <laughs> but just going through everything, it's just a lot. And then I kind of took the summer to process everything. And you'll notice a lot of times, like... you. You've seen it this this summer. You kind of sit back. You don't you don't really do as much javelin stuff. And then you come back, and for some reason, it just like clicks. Yeah, like nutmeg. Yeah. So like, I came back my sophomore year after football season, and um, for some reason, I picked up the javelin instantly. It just felt different, and it just started clicking. And I remember in practice, like we're doing like three steps, and I'm throwing them like near seventy meters, and I was like, "There's something different." I think. And then um, that's when we did the high throws, and I tweaked my UCL, and we went to NC State, and I thought I thought everyone was joking that I was just going to take one throw, so we um, 
take that one throw, hit that, what, 70 yep. yep. Easy throw. I was like, okay, warming up. What's next? Wallen's like, what do you mean, what's next? Nope. There is no next. And I was like, oh, you're, you're joking. We flew all the way here. Like, what am I doing next? He's like, no, you're done. And I, that's the first time Wallen really, like, not yelled at me, but gave me a stern talk. And I was like, oh. But I had to call my mom. I was like, I'm done. Like, Yeah, stop watching the live stream. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it's funny, too, because, like, both, like, we had similar situations like that back-to-back years at NC State yeah. where, like, your freshman year, your freshman year, you, or yeah. sophomore year, you got yelled at because you were supposed to be one and done. Like, right, five-meter PR, first throw of the year. You broke the school record. Like, you got second place right yeah. right underneath Mark Minicello. It was like, all right, what else could we do with this meet? Like, that, we came down there to do that, and we, yeah. we accomplished what we wanted. There was no reason to try to, you know, do too much and, and risk an injury. And then it was like this year you threw seventy one. You looked like garbage. No offense, but <laughs> but like you were throwing like way out to the right. You, you know you had to like make modifications, like slow down and just get it down the middle, whatever. But so you're um, you're so it was like after throw five, it was like you know your technique was breaking down and you were kind of thrown out to the right a lot. Like yeah. you know it looked like your arm was in a compromised position, and so I trust you like. Like, your physical capabilities, like, yeah. crazy, you know? Like, I, I fully know that your body's prepared to, to endure the forces of what you what you produce in a meet. And Wallen was like, shut it down. They was like, shut it down. And I was like, yo, the kid's a beast. Let him run. And I'm like, just take it easy. I was like, try to get the last throw just right down the middle. Jordan goes to the, ba- Jordan goes to the back of the runway. Everybody get up! <laughs> Last throw. He's like screaming at the top of his lungs. And then I was like, all right. Then I just checked my phone. It was like Wallen goes, Wallen's like, I need to speak with you immediately. <laughs> totally my fault, too. Yeah. Like, I was like, I told him to go easy on it. I was like, I just wanted to see a good throw because, like, you know, there was, it wasn't a great technical meet, you know. At all. Yeah. Not until... Really, New England. New England's, yeah. yeah. You looked, you looked putting it together. Yeah, New England's nationals, and then nutmeg. Like you looked the best. Yeah. Nutmeg, crazy. That was the first time throwing after like yeah. what, a month and a half. Yeah, yeah. He took like a month off, went on vacation, came back through like seventy-two at an in-state meet. Yeah. They didn't let us warm up at all. No. They didn't no. let us warm up from like usually we warm up with the short throws and the pick line. First throws were like on the runway. They're like, all right, here's the runway, go. And we're, they're like, you got 10 minutes. Is that the throw. one that had the gravel? That... That's the one that had the sled. No, that's the one that I broke the jab at the sled. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. they put the sled in the... It was like, half of it was like in the... Like down the right sideline, like the sector. Was it in the sector or was it out of the sector? Like part of it was like in, but most Very of it was... I mean, I, <laughs> no, I, I definitely followed, but it still shouldn't have been that far. I mean, that was like... I had that one throwing practice with you at the beginning of like June. And then... I basically had that mindset of like, I just want to go into a meet feeling good for the first time in my life without like back pain, without hip pain, without elbow, shoulder, nothing. So I was like, I'm only going to do ball throws until the meet. And so going into the meet, like my body felt great and I was ready to rock, but it was because I had like no control of the tip because I was used to throwing the balls all the time. So, so, so I literally just like every throw is just out here and then yeah. it was a bad habit. I had to rework. Flop, right? Yeah. Now, yeah, my so, technique sucked. My body felt great though, so it is what we're it is. We're getting there. Yeah. 
It's a long, long-term game, you know? Yeah, 100%. Um, so then talk a little bit about your your progress through the season, like with the elbow, and then leading up to the, the national championship. Yeah, so we kind of – I didn't throw for a good – after that meet, what was it? Um, over Probably like a month? three or four weeks, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I came back – was that UConn meet? Yeah. Came back UConn meet. I didn't take all my throws. I took what? Three, three or four broke a job. I don't even think I, I don't even think I went in the final. Was that the red handle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I came back UConn after a month of not throwing through three throws, kind of just getting back into the swing of everything, kind of getting that experience still. Um, yeah, broke the red handle jab like the tip of it like was totally bent. Yeah, like, UConn's like notorious for rocks everywhere. Um, but after that, I don't think what I only have like three in season meets that year. Yeah, at UConn, UConn, and then um, I think I threw, we at, threw like at Southern. Southern, yeah, that for 60, the first time yeah, ever, that sixty-seven meter. Yeah, day. and then and then I think when, that was it. Yeah, and then we went into conference. Oh, and then the second UConn, I don't think you competed. No, I didn't. Yeah, and then the second conference broke the conference record. Yep. Um, what was I thought like sixty? Yeah, sixty nine, like oh one, I think. Yeah. Um, then New, New England's England. won again. Then Nationals was big. Um, it was kind of a down year. Nationals like wasn't amazing throwers, but um, still dudes out there. That was sick. Nationals. I mean, winning a national championship is a, a sick thing to do. There's a very small percentage of people that do it in the world. So um, yeah, we haven't had one at Southern. I think the last person to do it at Southern was was Nick LeBron, yeah. who was the the decathlete. But he actually did it indoors, though. Yeah. So outdoors, we haven't had one since like the '90s. Yeah. So doing that was very. It was just very like it was just sweet because all the stuff that we went through, all the all the obstacles that we went through, everything we did to have that as the outcome was nice and. It was nice for both of us because that was your first year of really coaching. Yeah. So it was kind of a good jump start of that. You did a great job. Um, yeah, I just got to celebrate yeah. a little bit. Yeah, that was that was fun. Going out to Grand Valley was, was a good experience. Love um, Grand Valley. Yeah, makeshift runway. Yeah. And the, that's, that's, what I don't, crazy, that's what I don't dude. get at the at the national meets though. Is like at, at, Grand, at Grand Valley, the the runway was too short, so they had to like back the line up. So we had to throw from like halfway through the runway. And then they put like a rubber strip on the the back end of the runway. For so a you national could, meet, yeah, they have a full runway. Yeah, and then so, and then and then Colorado this year, at seventy three meters, there was like a, a drop off. Oh, that's what it was. So yeah. so they took a bulldozer and brought in a bunch of dirt. And like built it up to like eighty five meters, but then there was still like probably like thirteen was like thirteen inches drop yeah, off. So they it was said like seventy one meters, and then yeah. it dropped off. It dropped off into dirt. So yeah. like the three, like the top four people that like that placed all, every time they threw a jab at the at the back of the runway, like seventy five plus meters, it would hit the ground and then fall, yeah. and just like you would just see a cloud of dirt yeah. and it's just like dude these guys are throwing like two thousand dollar javelins you know and then it's going into the rocks essentially and then yeah. and then they said too that like any any throw at that meet wouldn't count towards like a school record or a national record or anything because yeah. because of the drop off which i mean is fair like it did drop off and then it was on 
after a few feet, it started going down. Started going downhill. So like I get yeah. what they mean, but it's like you're hosting a national meet. Yeah, like you gotta have, gotta have the facility for it. Yeah. yeah, and the guy from Javelin Breakdown made a good point too because I sent him like because he did his his season recap and I sent him all the photos, and he was like, you know, it's just frustrating because you know that like, say you went to a national meet and like the nine like the um, the hundred meter dash like say like two of the lanes were like they didn't. They didn't have like the track at, at like yeah. part part of the lane. It was like oh like be careful because like forty five meters in you're gonna have to like jump over a little bit because yeah. like there's no track there. It would have been like the end of the world, you know. Yeah. It's like and and then none of the records are gonna count because like you know the the runway is not or like the, the track isn't complete or whatever. Yeah. It's like dude, like figure it out, you know. So it's annoying. But so after you won the national championship your sophomore year, like. W- what what was the process because between like you went back to football right, uh-huh. but then after this year you decided to to stop playing football. So what was like your your reasoning be- behind that like going into the the football season? Like what finally made you like step away from it? Because like winning the national championship wasn't enough to pull yeah. you away. Was it like you still thought you like had more to prove in football? You still wanted to keep doing it, or was it more of like yeah. Um... I think I just played football for so long that it was like, I didn't know what I would be without it. So I, I guess I, it was just a maturing factor. Um, I played football for like 14 years. Like it was literally like bred into me. So it was hard to step away, 100%. Wasn't an easy thing. But um, after, after last, was that last year? I This I, year, technically. Yeah, after when I when I stopped playing football, it was kind of just like I knew I had a lot more that I should be doing that I can't because of football. And it wasn't like I hated our football team. I, I like it was just I wanted more out of this sport. I wanted more out of track and javelin, and I just couldn't get it because I would have that only a few months of training, and everyone else was year round. Like I. I wanted to see this year what I could do if I train all year round and really hone in on all my my technique and abilities. So it was really just me wanting to get to a higher point and you got to sacrifice sometimes for it. Absolutely. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense too. And I think, um, you know, with it being Olympic year coming up with the Olympic trials and the Olympics and like, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to waste an opportunity, yeah. you know, and you don't want to look back at it and say like, oh, like I played football on this team and we went one and nine or whatever. And then yeah. like it took, it, it took away from your opportunity to, to go qualify for the Olympics. You know, it's just not worth it at that yeah. point, especially too. It's like a very big risk of injury, especially when you're, 100%. when you're like running back, like everyone wants to literally like take your head off. Yeah. So no, but that's good. And obviously like I'm pumped. Like, you know, but you had to make that decision on your own. It wasn't 100%. something where, it wasn't something where, in a, in a buy-in perspective, I couldn't make you bought into javelin more just by like saying like, hey, like I want you to love javelin. Like you know, it was yeah. like you had to develop it on your own, and you came to that conclusion on your own to to step away from football, which yeah. obviously will, will benefit you. And and you you don't have to start from ground zero now in in, in December, which is going to be huge. Like yeah. you've had the summer to do your hypertrophy. And now through the through the fall, we've really focused on on technique and throwing volume and like um, you know just overall like strength and mobility. We haven't had to 
waste time like letting you recover letting you recover making you helping you recover from football what would um um, something technique wise would you two focus on the most before this season and what's that one thing that you think you struggle with that you really trying to focus with this extra time that you have now um so i've been an upper body thrower ever since i picked up a jab kind of just pick it up have a good arm whip it um so it's really just working on my lower half now, connecting it. Like um, my block has always been soft, my hips haven't been as active. So really trying to drill that into my throw is probably what would best benefit me through this whole off season. Absolutely. For me, um, just as a thrower naturally, I always had like more leg dominant. You know, it's like I came in, I just got a lot of power from my legs. I'm very weak upper body. Um, like my squat that improved like there was my quickest lift to improve you know like naturally that was just like my build you know um i think last year especially we kind of like built up my upper body a bit you know so now it's really just connecting the two kind of getting that like hip shoulder separation and figuring out how to make it like one fluid movement as opposed to two separate entities you know so i think that's gonna be my biggest thing which really can help push me the furthest this year yours is like hip hip shoulder separation too right yeah, like that's the biggest thing that I, I realized like with my throw is that my my back knee and my arm will come through it. Like my back hip and my arm come through at the very like the same time. Mm-hmm. Where if you watch Jordan throw, like he's here, his hips are completely forward, his back leg is turned over and his arm is like still all the way back. So like for me, I have a very powerful upper body and a good arm, but my um I don't use all of it because I lack the hip shoulder separation. So that's like where you see like in our stand throws, I could throw pretty freaking far from a stand or from a three step, but then like anything further than that, I don't gain as much distance as you would think because the timing is all off, you know? Yeah. You also have been working on a lot of fast twitch stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think that was also probably one of my most limiting things is I had no fast twitch anything. You know, it's like I really didn't do any Olympic lifts until this yeah. year, really? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you really honed on it. Yeah, I mean, we did a little bit sophomore year. Yeah. But I, I'm, <laughs> has, has Brett seen that yeah. video? No, I don't think so. <laughs> no, you haven't? You haven't? You gotta watch it after. Um, oh, my God. So I was, we were going for maxes. At this point, I've been cleaning for like three months. Dan was like, all right, we're going for maxes. Um, was it 272 or something? 262. 262. So I hit 252. It's kind of a sloppy rep, right? It's like, screw it. We're going up 10 pounds. So I went to 262. Went to go get it up, fell forwards, and then had my arm there with all the weight, shoving my like wrist like all the way back. Yeah. Right. So it's broken. I it's broken. I was convinced it was broken because I hauled I hard. <laughs> I heard all the. <laughs> I heard all the uh, uh, little bones in my yeah. wrist just all like crunched together. Right. So I was like fully convinced it was broken. You know, you go watch the video back. It bends way further than it should, and then my arm like whips around. Um, so I pretty much, I went and got x-rays right away. They were like, it's not broken. Went, got MRIs. They were like, nothing's ruptured, nothing's sprained. Actually, everything was sprained. Nothing's ruptured, nothing's torn. Hyperextended. Was it your left or your right? My right. Yeah, that's what you were talking about in the last episode about. Oh, yeah. About Heenan and like. Yeah, because in the baseball world, there's just a popular coach, Dr. Heenan, who, like I saw in high school, that he was like, baseball players shouldn't power clean or hang clean just because of the risk of injury to your wrists. Don't like, be a bitch. Yeah, yeah. But like for baseball players, if like either one of my hands I would need because I was a catcher. So if I yeah. hurt my left one, 
I wouldn't be able to catch. Screwed. And then if I hurt my right one, I wouldn't be able to throw. If I hurt you, then I wouldn't be able to hold the bat. Yeah. So, like, at least, like, are you a righty or a lefty? I'm righty. Uh, that sucks. If you hurt your left one, you'd be all right. Yeah. But, like, that was just, like, funny that we were talking about. It was, like, I hated it anyways. I hated all the Olympic lifts. So, I'm like, oh, that's a good enough good enough reason not to do it. Dude, you hate Loves. it. you better. Yeah. Nah, I'm good. I mean, I, I didn't like them at all, you know? Even yeah. before this year. Uh probably last year too I just I didn't enjoy doing them because yeah. I would think about like the injury like so much when I got back to doing them and it's just like it was clouding my mind you know it's like I couldn't really do it without thinking about all that stuff and I just didn't enjoy it because I wasn't like really good at them um, but then this year especially lifting with you this fall you know really helped to like push me with my Olympic lifts the fast twitch made that more of a focus you know yeah and, like elevated you know Nevin talk a little bit about how so, what was it? The last two years, no, the last three years, it's always just been you in the fall. So it's always just been me, like, in one-on-one, yeah. yep. essentially, because Jordan always played football, and then we had no one else. And now this year, um, it's, you know, we have the four freshmen, two girls, two guys, and then you two, and then plus me coaching and training alongside you guys. So talk a little bit about the impact that's had on you, like having, like, more of, like, a team group atmosphere in the fall in terms of javelin throwers and just yeah talk a little bit about that um i mean it's it's weird but it's so nice you know it's like it actually brings life to practice um because like any day where it's it was just me and you training and one of us was like flat or like low energy it was like you had one person that was trying to do all their work trying to do everything that they could you had one person that was flat not in the mood and it really kind of brought a damper down on practice you know but having so many people around so many like fresh faces, so much like opportunity of like high energy, you know, really I think elevates practice and kind of makes it better. You know, everyone's there to push everyone else. Um, you know, I think that all three of us, we do a good job of like pushing the freshmen. Um, but even having them there and trying to like get them to come out of their shells a little bit, I think it makes us better too. Yeah. So I feel like it helps keep us relaxed and it helps us like try and be an example for them yeah i think too that i like it as well from just a coach's perspective because if it's just you like it could be very easy for me to just like sit back and kind of just like let you do your thing but when i have like a group to manage like i gotta be on you know because it's like i gotta manage like everybody and make sure everything's going well and all that type of stuff um just from you guys right so talk a little bit about the difference in the coaching style with me, like, and how the first two years I was your teammate, so coaching you guys, but also competing alongside you. And then last year, I didn't train with you guys at all, but just coached you. And now this year, training and coaching and and having other people there. Like, how's what? What's the pros and cons of each one? Like, what did you like the best? Like, how's it, how's it been going so far this year? Talk about, like, the difference, or if you notice any. So it was obviously fun competing with you. Um, it's obviously a different vibe. Um, I wish you still competed sometimes, but sometimes you have to realize like you have a different role and you have a different purpose. And I think you took your purpose very well. And by stepping away from actually competing at a collegiate level um, helped us a lot. I think it helped you as a man and just overall in your career. Um, you locked in more, you became more specific, um, training was better, um, really just everything that 
you are giving us now is a lot better. Before you kind of had to train yourself and then stop, watch us, train us. And it took a lot of time away from self-growth and like even our growth. Like it's hard to try and grow yourself and everyone around you. It's just not, it's not really feasible. And um, I mean, you did it, don't get me wrong, but it obviously a lot easier when you could sit back, you can make a plan. And then while you're in practice, you can adjust specifically for everyone when like, but when we're, when you were throwing, it's kind of like when one of us adjusted, we all had to adjust. So I think it's just a lot more specific now. And I think there's all pros to it, except like having that brotherly com- competitiveness during meets. So I, th- I think that's really the yeah. only con for me. I'm not, I'm not sure about you, but. I mean, I definitely agree with really everything you said. Um, sophomore, freshman, sophomore year, you know, it was like, it was hard, kind of all of us trying to like get coached and give coaching advice because it's like Jordan and I were totally inexperienced, you know, it's like we weren't javelin throwers. Um, but then it's like you were trying to like help us, trying to give us advice and trying to work on yourself as well. Um, I think last year was probably our best growing year because you like strictly, you know, like coached us. It's like you weren't throwing with us, right? And I think it set us up really nicely for this year because now all three of us coach each other. You know, it's like I can give you advice, you can give him advice, he can give you advice, and then you all give it to me. You know, so it's like... (laughs) Wow. What? (laughs) (laughs) What? Uh, Um, I missed it. What was funny about that? But, uh... (laughs) <laughs> uh, I really do. I think I think last year set us up for or to be in like a really good place this yeah. year because we're all able to help each other out. You know, so I feel like even though you're not competing anymore, I think it really was for the best because now we can all help each other. Yeah, and we were when you were competing, we were all still new and still learning so much. Yeah, and so far behind in the jab world, and like. When you took that step back, I don't know what it was, but you were like a crackhead of the game. You learned <laughs> anything I brought up, you had like nine drills to, to figure it out. Yeah. And I think like you just became a real, a, a nerd in the game and it benefited us all, really. Yeah. It's crazy that you call me a nerd because like I feel like sometimes people on the outside looking in are like, dude, this dude is like a meathead. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's like, yeah, but at the end of the day, that's where, that's where, I, in my opinion, in terms of like social media and stuff, like you see the the five second or the five to fifteen second reel where we're doing some meathead stuff. But it's like if you want a deeper look into my actual personality and coaching philosophy, like that's where the podcast and the YouTube videos are for, and like getting more of that like long form content and stuff like that, or just talk to me in person or on the yeah. phone. But it's like at the end of the day, I think it's fun to kind of have that that persona but then also be able to back it up and know a lot about it and you know like brett has helped me out a lot and kind of like putting me onto other people and like learning on different um different training modalities and different like coaches and stuff like that so it's been like really helpful to take some of some of what even what he's like just said like oh you should check out this person and then i go and do my own like whole deep dive and research on them and like botting bought bill miller's book and stuff and like that's where I've gotten like all of the, the training and testing and the overcoming isometrics from and stuff like that. But it's just like, like you were saying, but I just being able to take a step back and 
and just study the game and look at it from a coach's perspective, it's like I'm able to just do my job way better now, you know? Yeah, Hell yeah. Similar, similar to, I mean, you guys both said it, but like Dan, we joked around that when he was coaching, being on the floor, like not with like high-level javelin throwers and just normal high school kids or adults, uh, he would be more of like the Terminator. We would just stand there <laughs> and just like stare and be like, good. And like, <laughs> it's like, all right, we're doing this next. And like more so just like being like just super serious all the time. But now he's definitely a lot more energetic and loud, especially with your baseball group and just getting them to actually like you're serious with them when they have to be, but like getting that more fun and goofy feel, which I always tried to implement when I coach just because I knew what the opposite was when I was growing up and playing. I was like, that wasn't it. So going more the Jordan route. Of, yeah. of cranking the music up and having more fun with it. just flopping around. <laughs> yeah. So, like, obviously, Dan's passion is javelin and coaching and nerding out about that stuff. But seeing him really geek out about the strength conditioning side of things and even the nutrition. Nutrition, and maybe. And even making sales calls and like picking up the phone and like following up leads, <laughs> like these, it, it has been a like we've all changed like and on the staff quite. A, I mean the whole gym's changed freaking every week, but it's changed a lot since like Dan started. But yeah, it is it is cool to see like just get out the shell a little bit more and just don't have to be so uptight all the time. I remember like the first time because Derek had like the full like coaching. Think of like how to explain certain exercises, and you know, you're taking like an hour and a half, like like why, like tell him like about the band pull apart and like what muscles is working, and I'm just like, yo, you don't have to do any of that. Like it's just like, it's like yo, only explain if they ask. Like don't don't follow it that. Works your like, back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's it is crazy. I I hate to say this too because it's like it's so bad, but I remember when I had like three, probably had like three or four sessions on my calendar for the day, but like it was like one of my first days when I had Wyatt. And I was like, you know, I'm only getting paid for the hour. I'll give the kid an hour and a half. Like, I don't care. Like, that's fine. Like, I'm over-delivering. Like, I'm, you know, teaching him the ropes. Like, I'm investing in this kid. And then it's like, it gets to a point where it's like, you got a packed schedule and stuff. And then it's like, it's so hard to, to give that extra yeah. that extra 30 minutes. Like, I just like, it's it's impossible to, that to was, do it That sometimes. was just a funny experience that you had Wyatt first. Because I had Wyatt the summer before. And I just knew who he was, and he asks a million questions. Oh, a million questions! So like, he's, like even like Coach Fanato at Cho, the football coach there, like he's told him to, like just dude, shut up and just do <laughs> like do the drill. Like you don't need to wor- don't worry about like what it's working. Just do the drill, please. Like I'm not explaining it anymore. Oh, so shit. like I knew that, and then when you trained him, like you didn't know that. So you're like explaining literally everything because he's asking a question about literally every exercise. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then it was like, and then I said something too about like. All right, like I'm gonna go to Starbucks and like go work on the nutrition program. And he's like, "Oh, you're building a nutrition program?" And there's just like a million questions about like, <laughs> yeah. how, to eat. like how much, how much <laughs> He's like, "Like, what do I eat? Like, yeah. breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Like, what are my macros?" And then he would just always ask like, "Like, what is this drill working?" And I go, "Speed, bro. Just do it." I was like, "Just it's making you faster. Just go do it." He's like, <laughs> "Ask me about running." Yeah, he's like, "Like, he's sprinting." He's like. Sprinting good for you? I'm like, shut up. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> no, that it's terrible. Be, go do it. Yeah, it's terrible. Go do it. But yeah, that was just a funny session like to watch from the outside. I'm like, oh, he's trying way too hard. It's like, yeah. it's like week one on the job. He's like, oh, he's going to learn. He's like, yeah, like you ain't got to do all of that. Which like, it was, it was like obviously good. Like 
you just finished uh like you you just won like yeah you literally just won you just won the the national championship yeah, yeah. i started like a week later and then he, yeah. he came on a week later and it was cool to see that like he didn't like let that inflate his ego at all of like thinking that he's better than everyone because he coached a d2 national champ like he still has these sophomores and juniors in high school that he is over like over delivering the sense of explaining everything they're like in my opinion, uh, not in my opinion, like my thought process was you're going to come in after a championship. And I'm like, oh, this dude's not going to care at all about these kids. <laughs> I, was like, yeah. I was like, I was like, you just came from that to this. I was like, cause I've seen, I've been there for a couple months now. When I started, I started been there for a full month without you there. So I'm seeing the kids that we have and I'm like, they're not anything like you do at all. <laughs> so I was like, and, and we started training adults a lot more too. So I'm like, I'm wondering how Dan's going to do but these people that can't do anything that he's been giving <laughs> yeah. yeah. You have that mom group, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah mom yeah. group. Six yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Six a.m. Six a.m. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, when I started coaching, I never knew I was going to train adults at all. Like, I started yeah. off with just athletes. Like, yeah. youth kids was... Like how I started, that's pretty much how every coach starts. You just yeah. get thrown the kids that no other coach wants to train. So you get groups of nine to twelve year olds that like just get dropped off by the parents and they just want them to sweat and whatever. And then you start training more of the high school athletes once you get good at that. And then when I went to work at the internship, it was just all college and professionals and high school. So coming upward, starting the adult program and being in charge of it, I'm like, this is weird. I was like, I have no idea. Like, I was like. I like I don't even know what to talk about. I was like these people are twice my age. I was like I, I'm used to coaching either my age or below. So I'm like ah, what's your son doing this weekend? I was like, I don't know. I was like, like just making small talk. And, but your daughter. Exactly. <laughs> How old is your daughter? <laughs> Have you guys ever thought about getting into coaching down the road, like either football or javelin? Like, have you ever thought about Absolutely. like having that be a passion of yours? So, like, I've coached kids like youth growing up for the last like what, eight years. You go, I'm family, like very close family friends with um with the head trainer at my gym back home. So I was kind of put into a role of coaching like all we call the youth team, the Wallingford Vikings. Um, so I went through that. I've coached older kids. I've coached, we've coached jab kids. Um, but the more I do it, the more I, I realize that I fucking hate kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. I'm really good with yep. kids, but like, I don't think I could do it full time for a long yeah. time. Like, yeah. Well, it depends what age group you work it with. It does too, depend. Though, you know and like, I mean? yeah. if I could choose what kids I could, I could coach, like I would. But, like, it's always that's just that one shitter you get that just <laughs> yeah. ruins it for... Everyone. Yeah, so... For me, personally, it's not my first choice, but, like, it's definitely not a no. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I definitely see opportunity for it. Um, I didn't really think about the whole kid aspect. I more oh, thought, like, older. Um, like, like you said, it was, like, my age group and like a little bit lower um and I have like a little bit of experience with it not like you do I'm coaching any like youth teams or whatever but um after training with you you know going home for the summers people were like my friends will like ask me like hey what's this what's that what's that and it's like I help them like write out programs kind of like do stuff for them so that's like the experience that I have with it or really the entire extent of it 
But um, I mean, it's definitely something I have like a passion for. That's like I I enjoy doing it. And I love to like put it out there you know? yeah i think that's what's funny too is like because like with brett and i brett i mean obviously brett loves coaching but brett loves programming and i'm like dude i would i like writing like programs for like you guys yeah. but like writing like a a very like simple basic program i think isn't and like especially for like 30 or 40 people like at the beginning of the month yeah. it's like not what i'm passionate about at all it's like i would love to just like get out there and just make it up on the fly you know yeah. what I mean just be creative with it just Pro rip program, a, program yeah. the main block and then make up everything else <laughs> yeah. I feel like we do that like, yeah. that's the craziest part yeah no I literally like I, there was a point last year where we were just slammed and I was like feeling a lot of like burnout and I would literally just put the main lift in there I would like have them do like a bench and a squat and then after that I'd be like alright they're doing like a, a press a pull like a hinge like you know a hamstring or glute whatever and then just kind of base it off of that and then finish with a core finish with a cardio or like the sled and that was like every session just ma making it up <laughs> but i was i don't do that anymore but um but that was the thing like it's so it sounds like you would be more of like the online programming route where you're just like hit me up once a month i'll write you a program like well, i don't know all, all that <laughs> i'm just saying like that's what to me like yeah. the way you explained it is like jordan sounds like more a little bit like he would coach a little bit more like hands-on and you would be more of like a programming type of type of guy um, i mean you could correct me if i'm wrong it doesn't there's no uh, right or wrong answer but i mean kind of like a bit of each you know it's like with my friends it's like i'm in like the gym like with them like going through like workouts and like doing whatever else and then like texting them like certain stuff that they can like program into it you know so it wasn't like i was like sitting down like typing up like whole like programs for them yeah like, yeah i'm in there like <laughs> I was like in there like working through stuff with them and then like shooting them like text I was like this is a note this is a note like you can do that or that or whatever you gotcha know? I so hear that like, use the pad on squat, <laughs> pad on squat. <laughs> always know? squat to a box make sure, make sure the box is big enough too. make sure yeah. you don't hit parallel so you guys want to wrap up you want to share your favorite dance story or what <laughs> PG PG or PG 13 yeah. uh, um, I'm going to have to think of one you, you might have to go first I mean, I'll go. Um, my favorite, or probably one of my favorites, was your first time throwing 60. Like, I'll never forget that, because... You were there? Yeah, I was there. And New England. Oh, shit, he was there. Yeah, yeah, okay, keep going. I hurt a little bit. My bad. I forgot where he did it. No, that's fine. <laughs> keep going, um, keep going. But, I mean, definitely, probably one of my favorite stories about you is um, the first time that you threw 60. Because, like, the entire meet, it's like you were... I mean, you... First three throws, you made finals, right? But you were what? You were like eighth or ninth? Ninth, yeah. Right? So you were like literally bottom of the uh, finals list, you know? Um, your throws, you were like definitely thinking about them too much. You were tense. It's like they weren't going great. What was it? Your last throw? It was my first throw in finals because I threw from the seven step in prelims and then I made the finals and I was like, so this is like we got to just see what happens. Yep. Um, slowest approach I've ever seen. I mean, he was, was moving pretty at pretty much a three-step. He was moving at three miles an hour. I told you guys, I'm not right? good with the long approach, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, he was pretty much moving literally like three miles an hour, you know, walking in his uh, running steps, walking in his crossovers, and then he just hit the perfect position, right? Fluked, whipped out of his hands, 60-04. Um, I mean, it was, was a lot, for that. lot of hype that went into that, a lot of, 
you know, blood, sweat, tears, not really. Yeah, I mean, it was like, it was like the first, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was the last, my last meet ever, really, you know? Yeah. Last meet in college, at least, so it was a good time to do it. Yeah. Am I supposed to share my favorite I mean, Dan story now? If you want to um, of course, Dan getting married. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, was, I mean, it is, it is, it is sick. I mean, yeah. all you guys were at my wedding, so yeah. that was that was awesome. You know, but so, great to look back on. Yeah. I feel like the, I think my favorite dance story is the the time we were going for a PR's bench, and I'm spotting him, which I'll never, never do again. She wasn't on a even going for a PR then. No, we were. Just, <laughs> I don't even remember what heavy singles. No, what are you? T- I don't know where you're talking. Are you talking about the two ninety five? Two ninety five. So we're going. Oh, yeah, up, for two. Progressing well. Gets two ninety five on, and I don't know what happened, but the shit got heavy, and he hits the first one, hits it well. Now I'm trying. I'm just chilling. I'm like, he's gonna get this. Goes down, and all of a sudden he just doesn't come up. <laughs> I'm just like, what the fuck? So I grab it, and like our racks are weird. Like they're like you're on like. It's the yeah. bench, and then there's like these two steps. Yeah, you're you're el- you're elevated, so you're you're, you're spotting like yeah, all the way down here. If you here. grab it, you'll you'll fall over. So I was like grabbing the rack, and I pull it. I'm like, why is this shit so heavy? I'm like, Dan, are you pulling? He's literally just letting it lay <laughs> on his chest, not helping me. And then would you come so in? I think we have a video. So I was recording. Yeah. Dan, Jordan was spotting. I was recording. Right. So on video, Dan stops. Right. And then you just see me like start to run over on the video and just drop the phone. Right? <laughs> so the video just cuts off. So I'm like ripping this thing, trying to rip it off his chest. It's just not gone. And then finally we get I you. Spot him from the front. Yeah, we both pulling it up. And he goes, Jordan, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, Dan, what the fuck was that? I'm like, you didn't, you didn't help me. I'm like, I'm not curling 295. <laughs> it's just not happening. And then he's just like. Okay. And just <laughs> walks away. I don't know. He was like, I'm trying to conserve energy. Oh, yeah. That's what he said. <laughs> he wanted oh, to go my again. God. <laughs> yeah. And then he just walks out, dude. And then he comes back, like, what, like five minutes later? And, like, throws on 315. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he failed that. <laughs> and then I was... That whole rest of the lift, though, was miserable because he got in one of his moods. And if you know Dan moods, when he gets in one, it's hard to be around. Dude, he was just walking around. I swear to God, that was the worst time of my life. Bro. It was, it's true. It Dude, was it goes up stuff. 10 pounds. Yeah. 20 pounds. 20, yeah. No, I thought you were talking about the, the 295 time where I had like the 12 second rep. That was that, crazy. Yeah, that was... Uh, I thought that's what you were talking about. I don't know how much the weight was. I, I do remember that though. Really? I, I remember. I it was and then I remember really saying, like, I'm trying to conserve energy. <laughs> I'm struggling. <laughs> I'm fighting for my life. I was like, yo, I had another set in me. <laughs> if I just got the right song on. I know. It's all about the song. It is all about the song. We're big into that. Yeah. Jav Runway and. Uh, and like big bench days, like yeah. we know like each other's song to put on to. It's like it's funny. What's your song? Mine is um, "X Is Coming" by DMX. Yeah. Or "Many Men" by Fifty Cent. Many men. That's a good yeah. one for you so too. I've been going with "Many Men" lately, and then I think "GOMD" by uh, J Cole. Yeah. Mm. What was your? Oh, was yours is "The Red, Game." Red Nation by The Game. Yeah. Yeah. Or or I haven't listened to that one. Since I love Billy. I haven't listened to that one since I was in college. Yeah. I like it's a little aggressive for me. Yeah. Now. I feel like if I'm a, I'm a coach there in the weight room and I put that on, it's like, or like the yeah, this, this yeah. I'm like, oh, oh, oh. like that's why it's like that's like the same thing. You guys are like taking your shirts off and stuff now. I'm like, 
I can't do that anymore. Yeah. Like, I got to keep it somewhat professional. Yeah. That's well, why well, you always ask Wallen to, like, pull up yeah. his shirt, too, and he's like, On the no. rip. No, he's shredded. Well, we told a Dan story. I feel like you have to tell us a Brett story. Oh, yeah. Tell you guys a Brett story? Oh, yeah, go for it. Go. Uh, I, uh, oh, I think, all right, this is, this is a good Brett story. I think that it was like when uh, you, you're very, you're, especially too, before you started getting into like the sales and operations role when you were just all like coaching and stuff and you were just like, yo, can we, like, it was, you know, two people that I won't disclose their name, but, you know, they were running like the rescheduling and stuff like that. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so, and then it was just like, you know, just mess up after mess up after mess up one day. And then you're just like, you had like an hour off in between clients and it was like, pretty sure it was like late. It was like seven or something. It was like getting dark out and you're just like, you're just like, man, I had enough of this. <laughs> you saw you put your hoodie on and just like went for a walk down like the main road. <laughs> you were like, I need to clear my head. You were just like, I was, you were like stressed out. And I was like, hour 13 of the day. Cause I yeah. Damn. Yeah. I start, I had 13 sessions that day Damn. and I started at 6 a.m. I started at 5 a.m. And I was like, went all the way through. I trained some one of sometime that day. And I just remember the scheduling just being so brutal. Like, they couldn't figure out how to fit these, like, new people in. And I told them, like, don't put them on my schedule. I'm, at, like, at 60 hours this week. Like, please don't. Damn. Like, please don't put them on my schedule. And what do they do? Oh, you have them tonight at 8 p.m. And I'm, like, what the fuck? I was, like, <laughs> I was, like, I was, like so mad. Like, and I was, like, I was, you were getting pissed off at it, too. But I wasn't mad yet because it never happened to me. But, like, you were getting upset about it because they yeah. were messing up his schedule a lot. So I'm, like. Ah, he's probably just... Well, it's because, like, I have... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just being a bitch. <laughs> then it happened to me, I'm like, right, they need to go. Get them out. <laughs> Fire them immediately. Yeah. Get them out. Like, yeah, but yeah. that was, like, because, you know, I have, I have like... <laughs> that, well, yeah. Well, that was because I have, like, certain time on my schedule blocked off to go to Southern, and then I have, like, we had two... We have two scheduling systems, like, one's for training sessions, and then one's for nutrition consultations, and they don't overlap, so it was always just, like putting someone on my schedule like while I'm clearly at Southern or putting someone on my schedule while I had like a nutrition consultation or check-in booked. And I was just like constantly like back and forth. And it was just like, I was voicing how like frustrated I was. And then he was just kind of vibing because all he did was coach all the time and that was it. And he just had his schedule and just coached and like didn't really do (laughs) much of anything else at this time. And then like it finally happened to finally, well, I mean, he coached a lot, but it was like, you know, he, I was, oh, I, I was yeah, kind of yeah. like, I was all over the place, like yeah. jack of all trades kind of thing. And then he was just really, really good at what he did. And then, and that's why we compliment each other so well, you know, yeah. I started rubbing off on you and now you're, <laughs> now you're Mr. COO over here. You started rubbing off on him and you got a promotion? Pretty sure that's illegal. But, another thing that really pissed me off too is because like you can, like in our schedule, like. All the blocks like are colored, so like, you can see like it's, they're, not, <laughs> they're, they're purple blocks for like, one hour sessions. Mine. And, and so like, like everyone has a one hour session or thirty uh-huh. minutes. And so the person that was scheduling for us, there was a session at like seven, and I had someone at seven to eight that paid for the one hour, and then they booked someone at seven fifteen for thirty minutes to seven forty five. I'm like. 
there's clearly someone there. It must have been colorblind. It must have been. It must have been colorblind. But that was another thing. I was like, oh, I need to take a walk. I was like, yeah. like I'm, Maybe he just leaves a boat. I'm leaving. I was back with a sandwich. Peanut butter yeah. sandwich. Peanut butter sandwich. Not on the bathroom floor. How often does how often does he complain about his stomach at Southern? Does his stomach hurt? I feel like he doesn't complain about it a lot. No, is, not, it a six, is it only a six? Is it only a six a.m. No, you know, here for like half an hour. He his stomach when we had sushi day on campus. It's <laughs> not true, bro. That happened one time. That was that was when you know Fat Dan was still around a little Fat bit. Fat Dan went through. Dude, I was more lean when I trained with you guys. What are you talking about? Say so that to the chair you went through. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe, maybe, like maybe thirty-seven. Was it 237? Yeah, we were yeah, we yeah, too fat. It was, they were pretty heavy, right? It was, they were pretty heavy, right? Don't, no, no, no. Never mind. <laughs> 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 yeah, 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 yeah. No, these are from Walmart now. I mean, they look nice. Target, Target. Target. Yeah, they made those shelves too, right? Yeah. yeah. Nice. Who's coming along? Wait, yeah, we, these? No, she. Well, we put it together, well, yeah, but Ikea? bought. Nah, I think Target, I. Target, yeah, Target. Target. All this stuff's from Target, pretty much. Love Target. Yeah. Target's the best. Don't Tar steal from Target, dude. Target. Yeah. Don't ever do that. Don't steal from Target. <laughs> <laughs> Are you telling me from experience? No. That we're not gonna we're not gonna go into, but they will wait until it's all added up to get you on a felony. What? Yep. Yeah. So they'll like get Track it, yeah. Oh that's right. Target, yeah. It's like in yeah. the local what's area. the what's the price? Wait, what? It's, it's like once you get like a thousand dollars. So I just go steal nine hundred dollars. Yeah, like steal stuff from Target. Like oh, they don't they don't get you on like the ten dollar thing. They no, wait. They'll, they'll, they'll wait until yeah. it adds up to like a felony charge. Yeah. And then they'll get you. Yeah. Yep. That's crazy. Target wants to fuck with you. That's nuts. Talk about your felony. Was it a felony? After the accident, I got they tried to charge me with a plethora of of charges, but um, I had a dope ass lawyer, and I got out of that shit. Nothing on my, my what, record. What were the those re reckless driving? It was like reckless driving, failure to stay in your own lane, like no shit. <laughs> I speeding, like I hit driving. a tree. Yeah. Obviously, I wasn't so in my I was lane. Sixteen, so I couldn't. Or I was, yeah, sixteen, so I couldn't drive with someone, and I was with someone. Um, then they tried to get me on, like, other crazy stuff, but it was all stupid stuff. Well, nah. <laughs> uh, but it, it all got dropped. Nice. Hell yeah. Let's go, baby. I was never a felon, so. <laughs> you look like a felon with that perv stash. The goatee's going back. Please. What? <laughs> <laughs> Can we just cut him out of the whole fucking thing? <laughs> yeah. Why is Nevin the worst one? Yeah. Your fat Super now. compensation. <laughs> no, let's talk about his transformation this year. Since we talked about your your jack one, let's talk about the opposite. Right, look, look, he got fat as shit this summer. <laughs> <laughs> he went from like a lean what one ninety to a fat fucking ass. He was like seventeen in the summer, dude. Two twelve. Oh, sorry. You were fat, dude. He came back. You could grab the rolls on his back, dude. Wallen was so fucking disappointed in you. <laughs> He used to come to us, he's like, 
Nevin's fat as shit. <laughs> I was like, yeah, dude. I don't know what happened. <laughs> dude, that was like with me and you. I forgot. We were like training like first time and you were like, have you seen Nevin? <laughs> I was like, no, like what? What do you mean? He goes, he's fat. <laughs> you say it's like I gained a little weight over the summer. No, I, gained, I didn't know you gained, I gained 20 <laughs> fucking pounds. I gained 20 pounds over the summer. That's crazy. Yeah. But my strength also went through the roof. Well, no nah, shit. Yeah. Dude, yeah, obviously. 20 pounds. <laughs> yeah. Man, I'm down seven. And like, I don't even want to talk about it. It's a body, body recomp, man. Yeah, I mean, that's that's like with me, right? Like, my, my focused on my bench all last year and it went up like 30 pounds, but I also Focus gained. I also gained 15 pounds, so it was a lot easier. Now I lost what I said five pounds in a week. Yeah. My bench sucks now, so it's like it's part of the part of the process. Yeah, happens. happens. Me personally, I ain't no bitch. My bench is always. <laughs> my bench is always going up. Squat. Don't worry. Leave that shit out there. Yeah, well, dude, it's actually crazy though too. No, it's it's good. I mean, if you're over 400 pounds, it's respectable. Yeah. But like, what's crazy too is that. You ever seen Mike Stein talked about this on a podcast like I listened to recently and he was like Jan Zelesny's bench was like 340 and his max squat was like 375. Vetter 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 Vetter's I mean Vetter does like hands on like 495. I don't really know what you would count it. He could definitely Probably do 315. He <laughs> <laughs> No, that fucking spotter. No, is yeah. <laughs> You can see the strain in his fucking eyes. It looks like his eyes is about to pop out. He's fully... Yeah, yeah. That's bullshit. So I, I, would, I would still give him, like, 405. I'd give him 405. For, for sure. But, but yeah, like, you could... And you could see, too, like, his elbows are, like, bent in half when he locks it out at the top. It's crazy. <laughs> but anyway, I'm pretty sure Vetter's... I'm pretty sure Vetter's max squat is, like, 395 or something like that. That's he, fucking ass. <laughs> he posted it. He, I mean, dude, but think about it, though. Like, for me, that's what I was telling you guys about. Like, I've lost mass in my lower body, and I've I've been training, like, all just for speed and mobility. And, like, because, like, when your legs get super, super sore, and it's, like, really hard to – it's, like, your legs have a very longer – like, a much longer recovery time than your upper body. So – so like if your legs are sore and they're taken and they're taken away from your ability to like have that bounciness in yeah. your approach and like get the whippiness in your hips and like um be able to like hit the plant and stuff because your legs are super sore. I think it's more of like a training thing where yeah. it's just more beneficial to have like like your upper body like you could hit it hard and like high volume and you'll recover no problem. But like your legs if you have like real like you're really super sore all the time it's going to hinder your your approach and like stuff. But obviously that's why we train that in the fall that way in the in the spring when we don't have that we're better. But I think that's kind of what it comes down to is like these guys are at such a high level where it's like if they squat 400 or 450 like it's not going to make that big so of a difference. What you're saying is Stop more bench, way less squat. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. That's pretty much I mean, have you seen my Instagram? It's what it's all about. Check I don't I never out. never posted about legs, I think once. Yeah, fuck legs. Yeah, summer, that's pretty much what I experimented with because I didn't do any heavy lifting lower body-wise at all. It was all like the fast twitch drop catches and sprinting and jumping mm-hmm. and losing 20 pounds definitely helped. But, <laughs> but, oh, yeah. yeah. But like, I went... Should I do that next? I was like Please. running <laughs> like running a little over 21 miles per hour. I was being able to jump 36.5. Like my bench actually went up from just the 225 rep test. I was able to get 12. My best before was 10. With oh, no. being t- 20 pounds lighter and not really focusing on strength at all. 
So I think that was just a cool adaptation because I was just so like not used to that type of training. It was all like the powerlifting, like yeah. squat, bench, deadlift. squat was my best lift by far. Which squat? 507 in competition. And then yeah. deadlift 525. So like in comparison, like my deadlift should be higher than my squat because I was a catcher my whole life. Yeah. Naturally, like the first time I ever squatted with a barbell on my back, I did 315 for six. I was, like, I was a junior in high school. What do you attribute the the deadlift being low to, like your grip strength, or your, you think having short arms? It's not the hurts? grip. Um, the arm, the <laughs> levers definitely like play a part, but it's also because I did injure my back. Um, I herniated two discs, my low back, uh, trap bar deadlifting. Damn. So I was like, it's crazy because my sumo, my trap, Wait. and my conventional are all like relatively the same. Like the trap bar is a really? little bit higher. Yeah, but like my my trap super, bar is so easy, bro. It doesn't trap count. Bar, trap, <laughs> trap bar is like yeah. five fifty five. Like I did a high handle of five eighty five. I don't really count that. That's like partial range of motion. But um, it's like five fifty five <laughs> trap bar, and then my conventional and sumo were both five twenty five. Like I had more on the on the sumo, but I gassed myself out on the five twenty five. I went for five forty five and failed. But I was like always overly cautious with deadlifts, just because I just didn't. I, that injury sucked. Yeah, that, that makes was sense. An awful injury. I just didn't want to like push it. So I was very strategic with when I would max out deadlift. Um, but the squat, that was just a natural movement pattern for me. And I was able to just pick that right back up. Like I took two months off of squatting and I was able to get like 385 for eight. Like Damn. after like a couple of weeks. And I was like, All right, I'm stronger than I was before I got hurt. Yeah, that's like yeah, me. Like, like, squat like, with my legs. Yeah, yeah. Squat, like four, like I did 480 for three was like before I peaked again and then I tweaked my hip and then I just kind of like went the athletic route after that. I was like, all right, I'm definitely strong enough. Let's see if I can jump higher. Cause we were training all the athletes at the time. Like usually the summer is when I go full athlete mode because we all have our college kids come back and I would like to compete with them in some capacity, like not train with them, but yeah. like post my training and have my numbers be similar to theirs. Just like in the competitive sense. Like I don't want to be like a, like a fat, slow slob power lifter. Like it's, <laughs> so would you say you're you're more athletic than them? Oh, that's who's the most athletic in the gym? I mean, no, let's put it on the spot. Well, who is it? Who is it? Come on. Well, Dan bent. Well, who benches more? Hips more on athletic. hips on the bench. I don't know. Oh, I can't. I literally can't just can't get my. That. I don't have the mobility to get my hips up as high as you guys do. So like, I really have. Like, my nut doesn't go that high. You guys, I get like that. <laughs> you jab, you jab on the bench. It's okay. <laughs> My hips don't go that. You did. You did. You're, you're I, I, I did your Larson press today. Yeah. Like, what'd you do? You posted that. Three hundred. Right? Three hundred yeah, for 300 five. Yeah, that's crazy. You that's, threw me off. I didn't expect you to go past. That three. shit was light. That's, that's yeah, that was weird. I'm, I'm gonna do a set three. Of three, right? So I went to go yeah. pull it back, and he just keeps going. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, yeah, but three hundred. Yeah. Three hundred for five, no leg drives. Ridiculous. Yeah, that's like, cool stuff. Yeah, it's crazy. But we're completely different body types, so it, yeah, it's hard to say. Like, like I'm five nine, one eighty five. You're six. You guys forward. You guys do forties. Yeah, yeah, we ran the same, pretty much the same time. Really? Yeah. I mean, I ran mine. It was a little bit faster. I, I ran I, four, I was, six, eight. I only ran mine once, though. I didn't, he trained for it for oh. a summer. So, I, I tried. Mean, I got, well, I got the vert. By ha like half an inch. It's a lot. Half an inch is a half lot. It's a lot. <laughs> that's like, that's like, that's uh, like at least this. Oh, 